Alright then. <laughs> Welcome to Seishura. <laughs> I'm Scoop Magoo. Jam. And we have a, a fun little episode for y'all. What's going on? You're like like oh how to how to change up doing doing this well instead of all right. All right then. <laughs> Well, you know what? Last minute, I just kind of just kept I, it safe, and here I, we are. I, so. I just, I appreciate your candor, Scott. It's, it's a very welcome presence in my life. So, <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But speaking of uh, people being tools, we're talking about. Um, wow! All right. <laughs> do you like that segue? No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's way too much. But it, it is a good segue. Because we are talking about the new single from uh, yeah. the seminal alternative metal, progressive metal, new metal. Not really, not really new metal. But th- that, that kind of like modern metal sound, they more or less just kind of sound like themselves and, and have for a while up until you know they kind of really broke through. And now there's, there's any, any slew of kind of mid-paced alternative metal and prog metal bands that kind of take after their um, yeah I, and a slow pensive style i wouldn't i don't really think they're super progressive but um, they're kind of on the on the cusp i mean i guess it depends what what tracks it, it depends on the album you're citing really because yeah. like you know like undertow and uh anima you know like, like those are those are more on like just alternative metal side of things but lateralis i yeah. felt like was very proggy uh, Ten thousand days was even it's, more so, uh, and I would say that this new track it follows in that tradition. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, um, I, I and it's been what like thirteen years. It's, yeah, I was just going to say that. A while. But the the news has covered this so much that I, I I don't even know if it's even worth talking about that that whole thirteen years of studio album silence. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think it's at least it's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's I mean, I mean we're, 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 we're definitely context. like not the only podcast that they're going to be talking about this so oh no this um, was like because they uploaded all their albums yes, to, to streaming. streaming services and then like maybe maybe a week ish later they were like hey we're also going to release our first album then you know well, however long so that had already been known for a little while now but uh yeah, yeah or i guess the, our, the our single. first single the yeah. single I think was announced last Monday, I think, but I don't know if you've checked this out, but um, uh, basically, like all their albums have hit like the top of the streaming charts. Yeah, which frankly doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, um, because that's kind of the way that they they calculate things now. When you release something like that, that people have been pining for, for I mean, they haven't been on even iTunes. For, since since um, the beginning of their career, yes, it's, it's so. since it, it began. So this is this is really, you know, yeah. really brand new. Um, um, it it kind of rankles me because I felt like that was kind of what you know. I, I felt like that was like a purposeful choice by them. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. You you, you got to eat, I guess. So um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's just at that point or after a while, I think. I mean, clearly, it's in their own financial interest if they chose to do yeah. it, like you said. I mean, 
at a certain point you're leaving a lot of money on the table and they they are you know good i think it was also a really well-planned pr move i mean it, it's mm. it's free press on top of the i mean obviously the, the fact that they're releasing their first song at forever is going to you know cause a buzz regardless but now on yeah. top of that they're like hey by the way we're also doing um you know yeah all our you know, we're also all gonna, our other albums except for our live album um, yeah, so, so what, what, you know, while you're listening to Fear Inoculum, by the way, Fear, you can also Fear Inoculate. Or Fear Inoculum. Wait, wait, is it, is it Fear your... Inoculum or Inoculate? I'm pretty sure it's Inoculum. Okay. Or well, I, thought, I, thought I, was, I guess, but... well, I'm, I'm, I'm the tool, I guess, here. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, so going into this, I mean, I, well, so, so I haven't really listened we're, to... We're, we're talking about, I mean, just to make sure, just to keep everybody on, I mean should be obvious but uh this is the intro track to their upcoming album the title track so if you're inoculum uh it's like a 10 minute cut uh i guess all all of the tracks are like pretty up there um but anyway sorry to interrupt you scott yeah no it's um i have a kind of a i've really been a tool fan i mean i haven't really been a tool detractor for a while but i haven't really been a tool fan recently i mean i was really big into their albums for a while my, my parents actually love tool mm. um and it's they've been a, an artist that um was pretty important to me growing up but just uh different styles pull me in different directions and th- this track surprised me even before we talk about like the quality what we think about it uh this just frankly was not the type of song i expected them to release as a lead. i expected something much more close to like a zombie or the pot or, or vicarious or something like that i didn't expect something this kind of reserved to be what they lead off with i mean maybe that's more indicative of the album being quite a bit more scaled back than i mean not not that Ten thousand days was you know all riffs and, and yeah i mean you know kind of heaviness but, but like, it, it it did have some pretty some of their more you know, catchy and memorable tracks. Stinkfist uh, is really memorable. I mean, if, if not for its name alone. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, penis, I mean, they've had memorable tracks. Parabola, on, uh, Schism. Uh, I mean, I could keep going. Sober, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't say that their other albums didn't have memorable yeah. tracks. I, I just think to me, like Zombie Pot and, uh, I mean, Vi- Vicarious up on Rock Radio. I mean, it was probably just because of the newness of it, but. 10,000 Days definitely got more airplay along with uh, Schism was a, was a big one. Yeah. Um, because obviously that that's probably their most well-known it, track because of the bass line. Yeah, they, they, that's such a great bass line. I, I, like, and it's so easy to play, too. But uh, anyway, yeah, just... So, yeah, where does... I mean, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from that, you know, compared to, like, a Vicarious or compared to a zombie or like the the pot you know it's not you know full throttle tool um but at the same time like i i actually sort of expected something along this route um yeah well so i don't know if you've really been paying attention for like because i think i don't know if it was last year it could have been the year before it could have even been like five years ago now um, they played one of the tracks that are that's going to be on this album called uh, "Descending." They they played it live, um, and I remember listening to that and feeling like it was like really like very minimalist in the way it sort of progressed through things. Um, so 
you know, in and sort of seeing that trajectory from the beginning of their career, like even from like opiate all the way until ten thousand days and now descending, you know, I it kind of didn't surprise me. Um, in a sense, but what did surprise me though, and if you don't mind, if you don't mind just going straight into the track right now, was sure. the introduction, sort of like that strange ambient. I don't know what like a, like it, it was like an ambient screech, which sounds completely paradoxical, but is like the best way I can describe that, and just sort of how that is that motif is like repeated, and then sort of builds into like this this riff that's played on like you know like tabla and like you know um, it just this very strange meditative riff. Um, it, it was I. I it was that part that threw me for a loop. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's a... Sam- I mean, it, maybe it just sa- has a really stark similarity, but it sounds like a sample from the Texas Chainsaw, like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a recurring sound in the movie, especially when they, they come across the, the the house where Leatherface is, and that's like pretty much exactly what it sounds huh. like. I, I, I yeah, bet you if so. we went to Genius, so somebody already has something on that. I mean, I, I yeah. again, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I thought it was yeah, it was a really cool way. Like, I mean, it, it surprised the hell out of me at first, but it's a really cool way mm-hmm. to start a song that's this kind of um, chill, at, at least at first. You know, like I'm thinking of, um, like you know, it, it, what two album are you most familiar with? Like, I'm guessing Ten Thousand Days. Yeah, so like that was just that came out when I was yeah so, up, so. Uh, like wings for Marie, you know it sort mm-hmm. of has like this um you know it it sort of fades in, you know as opposed to like you know like Jambi which really starts off from the start, you know or uh, if you want to go back a little bit of uh, reflection I think from Lateralis which I've seen a lot of people compare this track to reflection, um. But both of those, you know, like both of those meditative songs, you know, the, like they start off very slowly, but they're also very quiet in their start. Whereas this was like, like, like just the way this started off was just really cool for me. I, I thought it was super cool. Um, I will say, though, that the track as a whole was nothing groundbreaking. Um and I, but but I don't consider that exactly a bad thing. Uh, but I will admit now that I'm a huge Tool fan. Uh, like they were the first concert I ever saw, you know. And I've owned all of their albums for almost a, probably over a decade now. It feels like, um, you know, I I absolutely adore them. So I I like I already have this album pre-ordered, even though it's like I think w- when I pre-ordered it, it was like forty five bucks. Uh, really? Yeah, well, it, did you did Yikes. you hear about the so they're doing like a um this special like deluxe CD version that apparently has like a screen like like an actual LCD screen with like oh. with like rare video footage on it and like a speaker like it, it comes with like all this shit attached to it. So huh. it, it, yeah, it started off as like forty five bucks. I think it's dropped to like thirty something on Amazon, uh, which is fine with me because I, if you pre order on Amazon, they, they'll actually they'll give you the lowest price that it turns out to be. So oh oh, that's I didn't know that. That's yeah. Really cool. Um. So yeah, no. I, all I say is like I so 
this was kind of nothing new. It was kind of it just felt like kind of like Ten Thousand Days Part Two, in in a sense. Which Ten Thousand Days in itself, I felt like was a bit of a repeat of Lateralis. Um, so you know, in that regard, there's nothing new. But I, you know, I, I'm always interested in new tool material, and I think that, you know, uh, considering that this thing is first in the track listing, this could be like sort of like a um an introduction before things get super weird but mm-hmm. i honestly don't think that's going to happen um i think this is going to be a pretty standard tool um, which i think for people who are kind of you know tired of of the fan like the whole fan base uh you know i i, I think that'll turn them off even more from the band whereas i think the people who are already like you know completely in love with the band I, I i think they'll just eat it up which i i'm i guess i'm one of those people though i <laughs> i i mean can we just admit like tool has a really toxic fan base like yeah i i think uh, it's it's mainly i think what it boils down to from uh listening to people you know those type of fans and then also um like people complaining about those kind of fans is just the idea that tools like super super complex. I mean, they're kind of in a way. Uh, I'm not saying the music's some any you know remotely similar, but um, they're kind of like Meshuga in the sense that everyone thinks that their music is like extraordinarily complex. And yeah, whatnot, and like experimental. Which I, I would, and, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, I think that that's a bit more fair to say about Tools music. Yeah. But um, and maybe at the time that was true, but nowadays I would I would. Yeah, there are definitely more experimental I, bands. I think it's. I, mean, I don't really. Think I think it's more in just the way tools sort of combine, like sort of how they use a concept to inform of an album. Because I, I think when you get a lot of conceptual material nowadays, or I mean, I, what I mean by nowadays is probably like last twenty years. You know, it's a lot of like if you get a concept album, very rarely does it feel like the story is affecting the music. You know, or or mm. well, maybe for a concept, but like, I I'm thinking like like how about something that's like very influenced by a certain concept, but isn't you know case like isn't exactly a concept album, like something like a Dark Side of the Moon in, in a way, mm. uh, which probably isn't the best example because that's much older, but like you you know what I mean, like you have this, um, you sort of have this disconnect between the music and what inspired the music, and I think mm-hmm. Tool sort of get I, I i think they get a lot of you know deserved credit for sort of merging those two like um you know something li- li- like lateralis uh you know the entire album is is you know inspired like the, by the fibonacci sequence uh so mm-hmm. if you listen to the title track maynard's vocals uh all the lyrics are delivered in a fibonacci sequence you know like hmm. black then white are all i see in my infancy if you just if you look at the the syllable like um i don't i don't i don't think it's the syllable count it could be i i don't know i I, it's been a while since i've looked at it but polyphonic does a great video uh explaining little parts of it as well um just but but all that to say is is they have a way of you know um letting their thoughts really inform the music on you know uh, a very real level uh, and again, it's it's not something, you know, completely new. 
you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not something groundbreaking, you know, like they're hardly the first person to have done it. Uh, but I think that's, I think it's less by a lot of their fan base, you know, gets a lot of that type of notion that like, you know, sort of like that snootiness because, Mm -hmm. and I think actually, I would think part of the reason their, their fan base is like this is because of, um, just how obscure the band has been in, in a certain degree just when it comes to you know their releases only having been on like physical media for like the last you know you know two decades you know things like that or like how um i don't think a single one of their albums has um lyrics in their in their booklets you know so it's it's little things like that that i think like you know it, it sort of drives on fans to be a little obsessive and a little little inclusive and you know kind of douchey in that way <laughs> but um i i you haven't gotten around to but what do you think of this track though um definitely i enjoyed it more the more times i listened to it but uh it it did kind of feel like a retread of 10,000 days it felt mm-hmm. like one of the more um moodier introspective songs off of that album except um a little less memorable at least for me maybe that's just because of where i am right now musically or the fact that it's it's so new it's it's a totally Um, fair call so yeah i mean i i didn't think it was it was bad by any means uh and i would i actually was interesting because i didn't necessarily um have the feeling of like oh really like 13 years for this <laughs> uh, like i just it just to me it was like oh okay this is it's more or less what i expected it was a little i think the reason i i was expecting something a little bit more out of the gate is is just because um maybe i'm misremembering their back catalog but i feel like all their previous albums the first track was it was at least a bit more upbeat than this and in some cases a lot more upbeat than this yeah which um, I, I mean i, I don't necessarily I, mean I that think it needs to be that i'm trying to remember i i'm trying to remember the first track of undertow because i think that that one was a little uh i think it was i think intolerance was the first track off of that if i was it's either that or prison sex um but either of those, they, they don't exactly start. But 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 all I'd say is the rest of them, yeah, they they do have a pretty big uh, opening number. Like I mean, Anima has Stink Fist, uh, which is you know one of my favorite Tool tracks, uh, and just really pummeling. Uh, Lateral starts with the Grudge. Ten Thousand Days starts with Vicarious. Yeah, so yeah, and I don't mean that as as if it needs to. I'm yeah, yeah. No, I, okay, I, so like I how. You. How is this gonna go? Like, because I don't, I don't recall. And again, it's been a while since I listened to Tools back catalog in full. Um, but I don't, I kind of recall a little bit more uh, oomph out of the gate. So maybe this is gonna be more of a, a moodier album. I, maybe I, it's, this it's is, just, it's gonna. I think this is guaranteed to be more meditative. I mean, just hearing about the track listing and sort of how. I, I mean, I don't know if this is confirmed yet, but, like, I guess, like, most of the tracks are, like, over 10 minutes or something like that and, like, things like that, so. Huh. Well, I mean, I'm interested regardless because I, I think this is easily going to be probably the most talked about metal album of the year. P- possibly um, the most talked about album of the year, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, people, they just have become such a divisive fan, whether that's because um, you know Maynard kind of likes to ship post, or because of the, <laughs> the fans, or um, you know because of expectations. I, I really don't get the sense this is going to be on the same level as uh, 
like a Chinese democracy or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, it's it's definitely not going to be like uh, uh, it's it's definitely not going to be a failure of an album because I, I think just Tool at their worst is other bands' best. I would argue just in terms of musicianship, not necessarily songwriting. Um, that like you know, and I don't know if you watched Fantano's review of this track, but he even noted that their chemistry is still like really solid even after all this time yeah for sure i mean it's they definitely um everything compositionally was was on or i guess everything musically was on yeah. point I, I think for me it just it wasn't up to the the mem- memorability of their, yeah, their what, past songs but but who knows how it flows throughout where the, is you know chinese democracy is just considered a musical dumpster fire by many people yeah so exactly um, and, and of, of course the the kind of the impact of an opening track is you can't really feel that until you know what comes next yeah. so i am interested to to know that and, and i feel i feel like this is coming out relatively august soon, 30th right? so yeah so i mean we relatively soon we'll know um well, no, I mean, I, I know, I know, I'll be listening to it. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to giving it a spin for I, sure. And, and I, yeah, what, what were you gonna say? And I, I want to go back. Uh, I, don't, I think I only have, um, Undertow on vinyl. I don't know if I own because my parents own several of their CDs, so I just I never felt the need to buy them. But uh, I'm gonna go back and listen. Yeah, to see oh, it, how it's how it's aged it's for me. Re- it's totally worth it. I. uh I, I think all of their albums are really good. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I, if 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 you'll allow me the, the the few minutes to just try to rank them off the top of my head from worst to best, um, I think Undertow, Opiate, um, mm, the, 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 this is where it gets tough for me because I think like their last three albums have been like really good. So uh, I guess uh, Anima. And then maybe a tie for Lateralis in Ten Thousand Days, uh, but I will say Anima is a really great album. Like I think it's a, like just super solid. Um, it's just it, it has um, I think it still has too much of that edge to it, which I think you know can get a lot of people weirded out. Or they, I, I like uh-huh. I don't know if you remember I, I that there's like a track in that that's like this baby crying. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, try, I think it's called like Cesaro Summon Ability or something like that. Uh, they, they always have the weirdest, weirdest track names. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I'm, 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 I guess I'm positive, but uh, you know, I, I'm again not not expecting you know a ton. So, I guess for me, my um, prevailing emotion is it just kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm just intrigued to see what. What happens, um, and hopefully it's. Hopefully, I mean, I, th- I think at the very least it's going to be good. Uh, hoping it, it really uh, reignites my my tool fandom. Yeah. So interested to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, worst case you can just listen to the other albums on on streaming now. So we, yeah, we just, exactly. Well, there you I, go. I've been doing exactly. that a little bit. I've just been I've been putting on like a lot of the singles <laughs> and like you know some deep cuts that I really like, like uh, Third Eye from from Anima and you know. Little tracks like that. Oh, ticks and leeches from Lateralis. That that that's that's a great deep cut. Um, I could keep going on and on. So let's just let's just move on. <laughs> um, so we have a number of album anniversaries this month, but we decided to pick two and just 
Two really old ones. Yeah, yeah. Which I think uh, fifty and sixty yeah, fi- years old. Oh, fuck, fuck, dude. Um, I know, isn't that crazy? Okay, so let's see. I, I'm gonna um because we're already at twenty three minutes right now. So do you want me to just set a timer and just talk about these things in ten minute segments? Okay. Sure. Why not? I think that's I, cool. Okay. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I guess let's just go chronologically. Okay. So Ma- we'll Miles go Davis. all the way back to fifty nine and. Uh, Kind of Blue, which was the first actual... I mean, growing up, I listened to Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, like kind of the, the rap back classics. Yeah, like, like uh, um, which, vocal jazz, you know, uh, classic yeah. classic pop. Yeah, and, and not to say that doesn't, like, quote-unquote count as real jazz, but, you know, in, in a sense, it's not the it, jazz it's, that most people... Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of divisive among people. Yeah. Um, like, wouldn't you say put on a jazz album? I, I don't know if that's exactly what most people have in mind, at least nowadays. Or maybe, I guess, the general public, I, but when you talk to, like, a music music nerd. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but this was, I, I just, I wanted to get into, I don't know why I had the inkling, just I wanted to get into jazz, but I, I really did. And I decided to pick up this album because, I mean, it's ranked as the best, you know, regardless of genre. I mean, so many places rank this uh among the best yeah. albums of all time. Rolling Stone had and this, what, like, number 15, I think, in, like, best albums of all time? I think so, which is kind of crazy for... Because I don't think should be that higher. list is... Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that list is super... Has a lot of jazz representation overall. Uh, so for them to place mm, a jazz album that high... I want to say Love Supreme album. made it in, like, the top 10 or something, if I remember right. But... Yeah, th- there's not a... I, I have no idea you know, the general ranking of those 500 yeah. albums just because they're so fucking... Well, I, that's but, the thing. Uh, like, with Rolling Stone, you, you know that most of the list is, is going to be Bob Dylan Rolling Stones, so... Yeah. <laughs> they definitely have a, a, a type, to yeah. say the least. They have, they have a niche that they fill, which, I mean, is good for them. But I was really fortunate that, that uh, they were one of several places that really raved about that mm. album. Uh, so I decided to grab it from... Grab it from the library, and it, yeah, it really just from the get go, I could tell it was something special. It really, um, it had that kind of loungy feel, but just it, it, and that I'm just thinking back to what I thought about it then. It had that kind of okay, I can, I could picture the you know, the hazy rooms mm. and the bar and the guy at the piano, and like I could totally see that, but it just, I could tell there was more depth to it. It just it had a little bit more. Um, than just like let's push this chorus or like let's have these big swells of horns and whatnot. Just there was something much more musical to it that really has continued being extremely impactful for how I view jazz. I mean, just re-listening to it for this episode, I just it's just so tight. I can imagine myself listening to this for the rest of my life. It just it never gets old. It's always uh, just uh, it's so beautiful in parts. It's so you know kind of just impressive mm. and in some some parts it's it's brash um like i i love the like kind of the, the lyricism of the you know the so what like I yeah. just, that's <laughs> something that as soon as that comes on it's just it's oh it's amazing <laughs> and um yeah i think this will always remain one of my top i guess you know i'll continue listening to jazz you know constantly but this will always remain top five maybe even top three uh, jazz albums of all time I, i'm hmm. I, please don't follow up by asking me what that is oh I'm yeah just, no no i, I wouldn't just do, I, i'm just thinking because like for me i i probably wouldn't even put it in the top 10 for me <laughs> really um, and not to say that's bad because i really love this album and and you know like you this was one of the first jazz albums i listened to um i think it was it was 
I listened to like the Legacy Edition of it. I remember this uh, because it has like it's like three hours of music or something like that. So I would just skip through to tracks that I thought like the titles looked interesting. So like they did a cut cover of um, Stella by Starlight. You know, uh, you know, it was it was like little things like that. But yeah, this it was it was this album and uh, Herbie Hancock's Headhunters were like the first jazz albums that I really got into. Uh, which kind of a weird choice for for headhunters. That is a very but, interesting um, combo. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't regret it because I think both of those albums are great. I actually just had headhunters on like I think yesterday, possibly. It's not like the day before, um, but yeah, I, I I think this is a great album, and I think its lineup is just frankly it, it might be the single best personnel lineup in jazz history. It's crazy. yeah, just I mean I mean. Yeah. You know, Miles and Trumpet, Coltrane on tenor, Cannibal Adderley on alto. I want to say Jimmy Cobb on drums, and I think Paul Chambers on bass, and Bill Evans obviously on piano, but I'm not entirely sure about the rhythm section. Um, I'd have to look into that again, but that's that's what I have on in my mind. But, um, yeah, I think there's that. I think just that it's, you know, still, you know, uh, considered the best-selling jazz album of all time, uh, and often just the greatest album, like greatest jazz album of all time. So, you know, I I think it's you know super important, and I think it's you know it, it, I I still think it's a great album. But um, I there are other jazz albums that I think I would rather listen to. I think and I think that's just because I've I've heard kind of blues. I've just listened to it so many times that I just mm-hmm. know every single part of it now. Um, like, I mean, I, I remember teaching myself how to play Miles Davis's solo in So What? Like, so, like, I, I, whenever I hear that now, I just, like, I automatically, like, sort of, sort of just think about, like, the, 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 the right finger positions and things like that for <laughs> it. And I just, like, yeah, I, I mean, So What is just such a great song. But, you know, it's funny because you say it reminds you of, like, a smoky room and, like, that type of jazz feel. But for some reason, So What reminds me of, um, out of out of all things, um, Midtown, Midtown, New York City. Um, oh, I totally see. Yeah, that. just well, be, because like when it really starts up, it just reminds me of like oh, it's like you know nine a.m. nineteen fifty, you know, and you know people are busy. Every, everybody's still wearing suits and dresses and hats because you know mm. they, they they they're still very fancy and um, yeah, <laughs> and you know it's it's like things like that. And it just like like when Miles' solo starts up, I just think of just like this limo just coming along and somebody like really rich steps out and like goes into like a building <laughs> you know I, I don't know for some reason i always think of that maybe it's because i i lived in new york for a very brief time and sort of things sort of came together in that way for me but i, I don't know uh-huh. um yeah i i i just i you know you know i i i had a similar opinion i think for our first unpopular opinions video that we did our video episode um i talked about how uh, you know, I think a Love Supreme is a great album, but I think it sort of dampens the rest of Coltrane's discography in a way. And like, I would, ki- I kind of think the same thing here. Like, I think this is a great album, but like, there are other albums in Miles Davis's discography that are like equally good or even arguably better. I mean, you know, there are obvious ones. You know, Bitches Brew, uh, On the Corner, uh, Sketches of Spain. But then there's like lesser known ones. I mean, Miles Smiles and Milestones in particular are two of my favorites. Um, 
you know, the, there are some earlier, like the the quintet albums that he does, Birth of the Cool. Like, you know, that there, there's some great other Miles Davis albums that I think are worth looking into. But I think this one, you know, still deserves a, a really high place in discography. Just, just I, I think it's because sort of the approachability of it, if that makes uh-huh. any sense. Like, it's not... Like, I think with, like, with Miles Smiles and Milestones, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of, um, it was, it had a little more of a bebop flavor to it. And it was, you know, I, I think it wasn't as approachable. Like, it just, it was going so fast at some points that I think people were like, yeah, because I think that that's, that's kind of what, you know, drove people away from bebop to begin with. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, so... I, yeah, I think this is a great album. It's, I, I think from a musical, like from a music theory point of view, it's super cool too. And I'm not much of a music theory nerd. Um, just the idea of, of using modality uh, instead of using chord changes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think that was such a huge thing. And, it, you know, it was, you know, r- r- whether, you know, I, I, you could debate this, but I, I think this was a huge step in sort of uh, free jazz, uh, you know, it, and then I don't mean necessarily like, you know, that the, the, this was like, you know, more influential than like, you know, the, the Ornette album, Free Jazz. But I think this was a huge step for, you know, jazz sort of taking that plunge into something a little more improvised and a little more loose, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, big band music, which was heavily orchestrated you know, or even Bebop, which, you know, it did have its, you know, improvis- improvisatory moments. Um, at the same time, it was based, you know, heavily in chord changes. And like, you know, like early Bebop would literally just take the chord changes from a jazz standard and just write a different melody on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so to have somebody taking like these sounds and sort of eliminating some of the big structural components of them, I think is, is just such a monumental thing. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I could totally see where you're coming from. You know, I would hope that people wouldn't, you know, start and stop here. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's good to start here. I mean, this is, it, it, there, there really is no other place that you can, you can start. I, I mean, it, it, it's like, I, I'm trying to even think of, of like a, a better compared it, it, I don't know it, it, it'd be like listening to like noise and not listening to Mersbau like to, to me anyway like it, it just seems like such a seminal like just required listening mm-hmm. um, you know, I, at first anyway like it's 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 great it's a great album to sort of dip your toes into so yeah and, and I guess I would just hope that people wouldn't stop because I mean this is an exceptional place to start oh yeah for. yeah for D- Davis, for jazz, for you know what have you, but um, I agree that hopefully they explore a lot of his other fantastic yeah, albums. Definitely, Although for me, this will always hold a special place in my heart just for how you know seminal it was for my love of the genre. Yeah, and I just I, I'm the same even, way. Even beyond so. the even beyond my love of the genre, just like my understanding and and uh, even uh, interest in the genre. I mean, I, I think that if if I had if I had picked, not that I, I can't think of necessarily a, 
an album that would have turned me off that I've I've heard over the years in terms of like seminal jazz releases. Ascension, I think Ascension for me, maybe uh, maybe like a, a, a super hardcore free jazz album would have turned uh, me Ascension off. Ascension like, like fucked I'm, me up the first time around. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad I started yeah. here though. So, so. We're, we're, I think we're, we're already over ten minutes, but uh, I'm just gonna say that uh, it's yeah, it's totally worth it. I I, I would also say I think. This was an important framework for me for jazz, but I, I would also say that uh, I think part of the reason I got into it was was also because I was taking a uh, jazz poetry class at the same time. Mm. And uh, so we ended up, you know, watching videos of like monk playing, things like that. So, uh, you know, that that kind of, you know, lit the fire in a sense as well. But um, yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's get on to our next album, Can's uh, debut album under what the, the Can. Which, you know, isn't, doesn't sound clunky at all. But um, <laughs> oh, get it clunky. <laughs> uh, oh come on, you had monster movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually didn't oh, think of that, man. so um, so kind of fuck you a little bit. But <laughs> all right, I, I'm starting <laughs> ten minutes now. So there we go. And um, you, so I, can I just start off with this because I, yeah. the, the like so I mean I've I've listened to this album before a few times. You know, um, I the, I think we, we did an, we did a canned discography um, episode uh, very early on in this podcast's history, um, and like like so, I've always liked this album, but I always felt like Tegomego and like you know Ege Bamiyasi and like Future Days were like much much better albums, and I still hold by that, but I think after listening to it a couple few times over the last week, you know, I, I think I really gave, I was pretty harsh on this thing because I think this thing is really good for what it is. Mm, like yeah. it is, it, it, it's, I mean, not only is it one of the first Krautrock albums ever, uh, which I, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't, what, what, what do you think of the term Krautrock, Scott? Um, I think it's pretty, it's divisive. Uh, it's also pretty unhelpful in today's, day and age because i think that i think that the most useful genres are genres that kind of uh give off what they sound like and well, I mean, I guess, <laughs> yeah like or like when you say black metal like you know or like threat like just threat like there's a little certain amount of onomatopoeia there to an extent yeah well, maybe that's not the right term but like basically you, you get kind of a sense like we say death you, metal, you get, like, it, like it gives you like a sensory uh experience of of the sound to an extent yeah yeah whereas like a lot of you know crow rock obviously started because there were a lot of seminal bands in the the subgenre were german but i mean like it doesn't so, you can't listen to it and like say it sounds like specifically yeah, but, german well i i think that yeah but i mean it was it was created i mean the the, the the term is i mean kind of an umbrella term because a lot of you know like tangerine dream was considered a crowd rock band in yeah. their early early career uh, you know, I think people I've called it uh, music cosmiche. I think uh, mm-hmm. if I read that right, if I'm even pronouncing that right, as in like just cosmic music. I don't know if that's completely right either, but I, nonetheless, I, I I think that you know it's it, it's a little bit of a flawed term. Not not a lot of not a lot of bands that are described as kraut rock bands really like the term. Um, I, I I think I mean I kind of think it's here to stay though. Um, but oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's way too late. I, I would say you know us using it now is not meant to um, insult any of the musicians here because we we fucking love the music. I mean, I was just listening to uh, I was listening to Noise first album today, 
too, and just such a great album too. But mm-hmm. go back to Monster Movie. This is like such, you know, uh, this this is setting the bar for like what Krautrock was able to do, even at the beginning of his career. I mean, we, we've got like, you know, sort of the the jamish quality of it all, but sort of how they're they're sort of attacking rock from like all these different directions instead of that that same old shit that had been going up until that time you know um there's just a lot of forward thinking you know musicianship and songwriting here and uh you know even if it's you know arguably ken's like rawest album uh definitely not their worst by any means though that that's that's much later in their discography (laughs) Uh, but I, I, I want to turn over to you because you isn't this like your favorite Can album? Oh no, no! I mean that that's that's easily taken. Really, I, I always um, for, for some reason I've always remember you thinking like you always were talking about like man like Monster Movie is like super good and like yeah I mean I I, I agree I think Take Omega was fucking great so but yeah I mean I mean for for me this was um, I think I found this pretty cheap. And I figured, okay, it's going to sound like, you know, Take Omega or, or what have you. And it, it really doesn't. I mean, you can definitely, it, I guess it's, it sounds a lot like side A. Of it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds a lot like side A, Take Omega, but like when it gets really weird on the, on the, you know, side B or, you know, on the, the latter half of the album, uh, n- not, not so much. Well, I, I, um, I think so. Like the, the, the last track on Monster Movie, You Do Right, uh, like that jam is, is I, it reminds me a little bit. Of some of what it would appear on side B, of of Tegomega go, just like, in terms of like how stripped back it kind of is at some points, and yet how mm-hmm. how weird it is, uh, which I, so I don't know if this is completely verified. I was looking at this on Wikipedia this morning that um, you do right was was called from a six hour jam session. Really? Yeah, <laughs> which is like fucking nuts, but. Like, like stuck on that Grateful Dead. <laughs> but anyway, you 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 go on, you go on, Scooter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think this is. Um, if you can even say this, it's their most stripped back album. Yeah, I could see or that. Like kind of their their simplest album. Uh, it's definitely much more of a straight. Like they didn't get into the truly experimental territory in this i mean i think obviously the last track is is a like a 20 ish minute jam and it's it's pretty it's pretty out there in that regard but for the most part it's just a really it's more like a weird psych rock album rather than like the true like experimental crow rock label that would eventually develop but i mean it, it, it's it's really great it, it still has all like sort of the crowd rock isms that you normally associate with the genre though so yeah. like you know you, yeah, you, for sure. you have like that motoric beat going on you mean you've got that jam quality, but you've also got that you know sort of improvisatory quality too. You sort of got psychedelic elements blended all with it. You know, um, I don't know. Can you? I, I'm trying to remember if there's any synthesizers on this thing or not. Um, uh, none that are super obvious, yeah, honestly. So. It it seems like a kind of a typical rock band, but it's it, structure. It's yeah. It, it's still it's one of those like you know foundation laying albums. Uh, you know, like I was looking on Rate Your Music just to see sort of the earliest Krautrock albums, and like I want to say, um, Ashraw Temple came out with something just before uh, Can did, but this is like super close. So I mean, we're talking about '69, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
sorry, drink of water. <laughs> That's okay. Um, stay hydrated. Yeah, it's important to stay hydrated, everybody. Um, so, yeah, no, I and I think, you know, I've thought about this before. I, I, I think Kraut Rock might be, like, the single most important, like, rock, you know, um, rock, like, era of rock or, like, like uh, period of rock, honestly. Because, like, it, it was, like, the first experimental rock, you know, scene. You know, it was, it, it was people finally sort of taking what, you know, like, the Beatles and, like, what Elvis had sort of laid down and, like, you know, really just kind of put their own twist on it. So, uh-huh. um, not also, not to mention that it was just, you know, a super important, you know, um, movement for Germany as well. Because, I mean, this was, like, the first thing you know, since the end of the second world war, that was like distinctly theirs that, that wasn't like sort of culled from, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, appropriated from another culture. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's, there's a lot of really interesting, just, you know, I, I, on, on the sense of just culture, um, just as sort of like a philosophical framework, I guess. It, it's just very interesting, um, you know, genre, and I think this is, you know, arguably the beginning of it. So it's just really cool to see where yeah, it went. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, be too bad. Uh, too bad. Ken's discography goes goes downhill pretty quick, but um, we, we we I I won't get into that anymore. Uh, I I do I should say though that uh, the album Saw Delight that shows up much later is 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 an interesting album it's worth a listen if you're a really big can fan so i'm trying to remember which can album I, it's it's the, it's i think it's primarily blue um i'm trying to remember what the name of it was but i really like that Wait, one. right time uh maybe. Well, right time is the last one it's, it's the one with the really the stretched out face oh um, no not that one um i'll, I'll look it yeah up, but yeah i i totally think this is worth uh, I, I don't think well, it's always hard to tell people where to start. Um, just with because... with can, yeah, I no, I I think this is a good place to start. Right. Yeah, I guess it depends. If you're coming from a more experimental background, I would totally say go for Tego Mego. If you really are from more rock background, uh, ooh, Soon Over Babaluma, I yeah. really like that album. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I remember thinking that that was just okay. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, maybe if you're feeling adventurous, like. You know, if, if you're somewhere in between, like, you're not totally experimental, but you're not totally, like, you know, a rock noob, <laughs> if you will. A rube. A rube. Very nice. Um, maybe, like, future days. Like, because I, I feel like that, that sort of, like, you know, sort of tones things down a little bit from Tego Mega. Um, in a sense. So. Uh, yeah. that That is all I have on uh, on this album. Just... Yeah, it's it's a oh. it's a great album, but definitely very straightforward. So well, I, not, actually, it's not really. Like... I, I do have one last thing. Um, on the cover, okay, that's definitely Galactus on the cover, right? <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But, like the whole time, I'm like, that's definitely Galactus. Like, wh- where's the where's the Silver Surfer when you need him? <laughs> I mean, t- t- to be fair, I don't think the timing really works up on that. Maybe it was Galactus before Galactus existed, yeah. or maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Gal- I, I think X Men. Was later. Wait, 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 was Galactus an X Men villain first? I'm pretty sure. Huh. I mean, I, I, 
maybe we'll have to do a superhero I podcast. I mean, it's like you would know more about it than, than I do. Um, but I all I could think yeah. about it this week when I was looking at the cover, I'm like, that looks so much like Galactus. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Oh, actually, wait a second. No, so he first appeared in Fantastic Four. That's what in I thought. 66. I, I, I think I'm getting it mixed up with the Sentinels because he does kind of look like the Sentinels a little bit from X-Men. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, but, I don't, I always. You know what's sad is the only reason I knew Galactus was associated with Fantastic Four more is because of um, the, the the second Fantastic Four movie. Uh, oh, that's true, the really yeah. bad one. <laughs> so with, with, they were all they were all like in, I actually I really enjoyed the first one when it yeah, came me too. out. But in hindsight, I'm like I feel like if I rewatched it, I'd be like wow. Oh this yeah, is it, awful. Would, it would be it would be fucking. It was so corny, yeah. so cheesy. Um, uh, it, I'm really glad they gave. Um, Oh damn it! What's his name? Chris he Evans. Captain America oh now? yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah, Chris Evans. I'm really glad they gave him another chance because like he was a. I mean, well, to be fair, he played that role really well, but he was a big douche. Yeah. In that. Uh, in that. Yeah. Movie. Well, I mean, to be um, fair, Johnny Storm is is kind of a douche. Yeah, exactly. But, so I mean, he, he like, so he did just, the character justice in a sense, but but it just was super unlikable. Yeah. I'm like holy shit. I I totally get you. So all right, uh, we're getting on like 50 minutes, so let's just plug on in to our next thing we're talking about um the new tom york album anima uh which i think came out last month am i right i think it's been out for a little yeah, bit, yeah. um I, which I, I thought it was cool i thought it would be cool to talk about this because uh i saw this on your um on your grid um uh, so mm-hmm. for those who don't know heavy blog does like sort of like uh was it? it's every other friday um uh, sort yep. of like grids of what they've been listening to as of late and uh, Scott's is always the first one, and I always take a look at it because I always think it's cool to see what Scooter's been been spinning as of late, and uh, just to see that there was was interesting because I I, I never really I mean I, I knew you're you're pretty big into Radiohead, but I, I never felt like you you explored uh, Tommy York's like solo efforts that much. Yeah, ne- never had until now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I mean I, I've purposely kept away from Tommy York's solo albums uh, because they just I've I've just been I've heard they're very divisive, um, even among Radiohead fans. I think, just in terms of like, like I I think it's just like a new level of weirdness, but not exactly a good level of weirdness. I think for some people, uh, because it's you know it's it's kind of you know Tom York just kind of letting it all loose. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but so going into this. I wasn't sure what to think. I had already watched uh, Fantana's review of it. And, um, you know, the artwork was really interesting. But And uh, the fact that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did a short film for it, too, is one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, you know, it like, that really interested me. And so, you know, sitting down and listening, I was, I was actually really disappointed at first. <laughs> um, like, this is not an easy album. Like... It, but the thing is, like, it camouflages itself as an easy album. If, if do, do, do you get what I mean, Scott? <laughs> yeah, it's it's relatively simple on the surface. Yeah. But then the more you listen to it, which is kind of my experience, is the more I listened to it, I was like, I don't know if this is so straightforward. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, um, they, if you look at, I think the spot, one of the Spotnik reviews of it, the uh, the tagline is like, I think I missed something, but I don't know what. Or something like that, um, which is like just spot on, because like like this is 
this is a really cool album like but the thing is i would say it's it's hardly going to be one of my favorite albums of the year but i'm still much more positive about it than i was my first listen um there's just yeah the there's a lot to it and you sort of have to let it grow on you and i i found that i don't know if you noticed this but i, I found like the quality of the tracks and like sort of the songwriting and the production got more interesting as the album went on for sure like yeah like, yeah, like, like but, but it's weird but like both times i listened to this the same thing that that same thing happened like i i sort of expected you know the first track the opener to be kind of boring like it was the first time and but like you know and it but for it not to be as boring like the second time because like oh i'd sort of like you know dip my toes in the album so to speak uh but mm-hmm. It still kind of was, but like you know, once you get past that, like it really it grows really fast um, on you. The, really, it, it's it's strange just because like you know like, what is it like? It's it's like it's kind of like IDM, but like not really, and it's kind of like glitch music, but not really, and it's kind of like ambient music, but not really, and it's kind of like pop, but not really, and it's. That, that's really good because that's exactly what I was thinking. It was like, this is a bunch of things yeah. and nothing at the same time. It's just really, it kind of is just Tom York just tooling around with whatever electronic ideas he had. And I think that's that's why I enjoyed it so yeah. much. Uh, I, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm going to continue listening to this because I actually really, it, it might be one of my favorite albums of the year. I mean, I haven't really decided yet because every time I listen to it, I do kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um and I, I just, I, I just, frankly, it's just really enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it from the first spin. Um, I, th- I think I've had a less complicated history with Radiohead <laughs> well, um, than did, you have. I don't mean that negatively. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I totally get what you mean. No, it's, it's a totally fair point. But I, I, I actually, but my, my issues with this, I, like, it was weird. Like, the first listen, like, about halfway through the album, I started really growing on it. Like, it started getting really interesting. Uh, and then from you know the second listen i i think i sort of you know sort of my, my admiration for it sort of grew from there um so like not to say like i wasn't i wasn't totally like you know meh on it the first time around um it was still positive it's just you know it, it's it's such a slow start but you know if you think about like sort of the conceptual um aspect of this album that you know it's based off of uh you know the idea of the anima and you know he tommy york was saying that like a lot of was inspired by dreams that he had like he's been like really interested in dreams and like if you think about that the way this track flow like this album flows it flows like a dream like like you know because like it, it it's not like when you immediately start sleeping do you immediately go into a dream like you mm-hmm. technically need to reach, you know, REM, REM sleep for that to happen. Um, you know, it, it, so it's it, it's kind of weird when you think about it <laughs> like like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a really great, and I'm, I'm actually I'm kind of re-listening in my head to kind of apply that context to the album, and I really want to re-listen to it because that. Uh, you know, with that in mind, because I, I really do think that fits. I think that's pretty much exactly um, the best way to explain this album. The, that being uh, said, I, I don't know if you know he was thinking about that in those exact terms, 
Um, sure, yeah. but I think it just you, you, know, you can still apply. That's it. a great way yeah. to yeah fit it. Like I'm sure there's um, there's plenty of ways I've written or other people have written about an album that makes sense to listeners. And if the band were to see it, they'd be like, eh, yeah, not really what I had in mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad you you enjoyed it because I I've. I felt like this could go other way with you. go either yeah. way with you. Um, I, I really was not sure what this conversation was going to be like. Sorry, that was uh, uh, that was John Coltrane. That was John. But yeah, but my, my, my um, yeah, my, my ringtone is resolution. I I thought I'd turn my phone on silent, and uh, apparently not. So um, <laughs> sorry, sorry to my friend Parks for for ignoring you. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I you know I. I feel like this year has been, like, my year for, like, Radiohead, in a way. Um, maybe a little bit of last year, too, but, like, this year especially, because I ended up buying the rest of, of their discography, except for, um, I think, King of Limbs, Pablo Honey, and The Benz, I think, are the only albums I don't have from them. And uh, I'm I'm kind of okay with, with most of that. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it It's funny, and this is... Uh... A somewhat related tangent, yeah. but uh, I re-listened to Pablo Honey, uh, I think a couple weekends ago. Why? Uh, because <laughs> we made a... It's actually, it's not, in comparison, Radio has discography, it's not great. But as just like a 90s alternative album, it's actually not that bad. Um, but Lauren and I were, I think we passed a donut place, and or we were talking about crepes, and there's a... a, a like a comic on the internet that it's a bunch of different pastries saying, I'm a crepe. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> God like, damn I it. do not belong here. And it's just, it's really, it's like it's all the pastry puns you would ever want. You know what? I, so I don't know if you remember this. There's an episode of Family Guy where Principal Shepard is at karaoke and he sings creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just, it's like so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, um, the, 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 that sort of inspired you to listen to Pablo Honey for some reason. I, I was actually I was um, lucky enough to find like a, a box set with all of their yeah. releases, and for like maybe thirty bucks, and it had everything up until um, I think in Rainbows and uh, King of Limbs. Yeah, I think this is before. Um, their newer albums, new album came out because I still don't own. Uh, oh God! They, you just sent me this, this whole picture of Radio Bread. Oh fuck you, Scott! <laughs> it's so good. It's it's like just the absolute best. It's, you know, it's it's the worst, um, and that's what makes it the best. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like I, I feel like this. Uh, I actually ended up listening to briefly his previous album which i, I love the uh, tomorrow's modern modern boxes or um uh the no, eraser because i do, i don't yeah the eraser so, i love the cover for the eraser i think the I eraser really is his first solo album yes it that that's why i i realized i was yeah. incorrect it, it came out in 08 and i really 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 loved it yeah um i want to listen to all of them more I, i'm with you and i mean after this that this was super interesting um, yeah, and it, it's. I'm really glad you liked yeah. it because I was hoping you would. I feel like you would have. I felt like you were going. You were going to get some good stuff, out, or you had the potential to get some good stuff. Yeah, out no, so I, I'm glad I, that you did. I definitely wasn't gonna like. I, I definitely didn't expect this to be like a horrible, you know, zero out of ten. Like, yeah. um, but I will say that Tom York is 
you know, he kind of bothers me a little bit when it comes to Radiohead's music. Um, because it's, it, he's just like, he reminds me sort of like Jonesy from, um, from freaking Sigur that like, you, you can only take that voice for so often, like for, for so long. I can totally see yeah. that. Yeah. Like I love Sigur but I, I can't, I, I don't remember the last time I even finished one full album, let alone, you know, binging their music or, or what have yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, not to say he's a bad singer. It's just that like, it's, it's very, it can be a little shrill after yeah, a while, or it, just a little, a little great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think vocally he does really well here. Like, I think a lot of it is, is, it feels like very just pushed down in the mix in a way that mm-hmm. like, you know, he has, it feels like his voice is more of an instrument than it is like the actual focal point of each track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, positive vibes coming from me. So, <laughs> and that's great. Right. I'm, I'm glad. To yeah. So let's, uh, let's do albums of the week. Cause we're just going over an hour right now, but anyway, uh, Scooter, what is your album of the week? Um, I'm trying to decide between a, a, a sad one and a happy so one. So you want me to go first then, or? <laughs> yeah, um, I'll go with the sad one. Okay. Just because I think it's, it's, uh, there were two albums I listened to a lot of the last week, and this one, I loved it before some unfortunate news came out, but, uh, it's per- the new oh, subtitled per- yeah. Purple Mountains album. Yeah. It's from David Berman. He was in a band called Silver Jews. He also just is a, a um, I think it was just his band. I think he just he had people who played with him, but I'm pretty sure he was just the, yeah, he was the main like the, the, songwriter, the, the main dude from from the get go. Um, you know, sometimes you kind of a front man or kind of like a mastermind evolves out of a band. I think it was just from the get go. He was it was that was his project, and then he did some solo stuff. He did some poetry. And he came back, uh, he always kind of struggled with depression. Uh, I thought Silver Jew's um, uh, album... American oh, Water. Thank yeah. you. I always, <laughs> I always have a brain fart with names, I don't know why. But I really enjoyed that album. I haven't listened to it for a while, but this is actually was um, going to get me finally to revisit it. And then unfortunately he... He took his own life. Passed yeah. away, yeah. And it's... It's always sad when that happens. I mean, it was the same thing with uh, Bowie, and then Chris um, Cornell. Yeah, and then Leonard Cohen. Uh, yeah, I, really, Leonard I actually didn't end up liking uh, that album as much as uh, some of the other albums I mentioned, yeah. but it still was sad. You know, I, I always appreciated Leonard Cohen's music, so it's always tough when that happens. I mean, unfortunately, that's that's the way of the world. That's the way of you know the the stereotype of the tortured artist uh, or what, whatever kind of slant you want to take. Uh, but you could definitely tell he had. Uh, I can't, I'm kind of blanking on any specific lyrics, but in re-listening to that album after that happened, it was clear that um, he had uh, a lot of not so issues. much not so much like direct depression, but just some very cynical lyrics. Some just very, which you know, in in some lights you could kind of, I mean, they're funny, and you could kind of view it in that lens in some context. But then, obviously, in the context of what happened, you kind of you see through and, and see the, the underlying yeah, darkness. Yeah, actually, um, like, sort of related, um, when Chester Bennington, uh, you know, uh, passed away, uh, I remember, I remember the, the first single from that last Linkin Park album, and it was, it was such a bad single, but after his death, I, I can't get the chorus out of my head, because, like, part of the words is, like, why is everything so heavy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, like, Wow, <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah, just 
Ugh. Um, so yeah, no, it's, I, 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 you know, I sort of figured that, that you would have liked Purple Mountains. I, I did, and, and just to talk about the, 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 it's, it's kind of like alt-country, Americana, like indie, rock-ish, it, it's, I mean, it's not a, a true blue, like, country album or anything like that, but it definitely leans in that direction, mm. and he honestly, he kind of sounds like Father John Misty before Father John Misty, except with a much more country-oriented sound. Uh, just kind of with like the way he approached his lyrics and the delivery and the starkiness and the way he approaches songcraft, definitely got a lot of vibes. And I'm curious if that's if um, Father John Misty took a lot of influence from mm. Silver Jews and from his music. Um, but yeah, just a very a great album. Really wish that I was talking about it under different circumstances. But you know, that's unfortunate. That's the the way things pan yeah. out sometimes. I, I, just curious, but what what was the happy album? <laughs> that you were gonna pick uh well it was only happy in the sense that like it didn't involve someone committing suicide, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's um it's a an album called portent by a band called false okay. uh one of the best black metal albums i've heard this year it just is it it takes basically all of the um kind of popular modern american black metal uh I don't say tropes, that's negative, but you know, like all, all the popular sounds in the scene and just executes it so amazingly. Like, there are four really long songs and they never lose momentum, never lose interest, even when they're not, like, you know, going full blast and full speed. Hmm. It's just always something interesting going on. Nice. I, I'm going to have to check yeah. that out then. Um, it's, it's, it's really great, yeah. honestly. Uh, okay, so on my end, I, I, had a, I had a tough time trying to pick out an album of the week because I, I, there's just nothing that I, like, really listened to that was like oh yeah this is album of the week materials so um except for today i um had an album on that uh i hadn't put on for a while and uh, it was a uh, porcupine tree deadwing um uh, nice. yeah i you know listening to it again like i don't know like i always have porcupine tree is one of those bands that like i have a hard time picking like my favorite album out from them because like you know sometimes it's innocentia sometimes it's fear of blank planet and uh and then just listen to this i'm like fuck this is a great album too like and like uh-huh. every track here is just immaculately written and performed like th- there's no part of this album that feels like unnecessary um which i really like considering just you know how often that can happen with a prog band um how easily it can sort of become like masturbatory and just superfluous uh, i just like how tight this album was and then they, there's a bonus track on mine that uh it's a it's like a song from um light bulb sun called uh um i'm just gonna look it up uh it is not on here it's uh she's moved on um it's it's, if for some reason it's not on the case but yeah it's called uh she's moved on and uh it's a great track too um but yeah just listening to this thing again it was just really surprising how just how solidly just every single bit of it was um i also say that uh have you listened to this by the way scott uh, uh i don't believe i don't think that was one of the albums we listened to when we i think you have yeah i i, I think we just had you listen to in absentia um but mm-hmm. there's this track uh called uh, arriving somewhere but not here which is considered by a lot of people to be porcupine tree tree's best song um i, I don't know if i necessarily agree with that sentiment but there's a guitar solo in this thing that is like should be a contender for best guitar solo of all time honestly like 
I'm surprised it hasn't come up more in a lot of those lists. You know, like because you know people always go like all along the Watchtower, uh, uh-huh. Stairway to Heaven. You know, maybe maybe Maggot Brain, but like you don't see this. I, th- I thought this was a really just really beautiful solo, even though it was you know pretty minimal for you know for what it was. So yeah, Porcupine Tree, Deadwing, uh, totally totally worth listening. I mean, I would say that about pretty much any Porcupine Tree album, except for like their first one. Um, but the, 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 that album is a little weird in itself. So <sighs> all right. Well, nice. yeah, so this has been another episode of Sechura. And, uh, and thanks for yeah, listening. We will talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye.